Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS with my Laker teammates and NBA legends. And you know what, Aria, I really do mean this. There are players that I truly enjoyed playing against and players that I hated playing against. Larry was kind of caught in the middle for me. I hated his ass, but I also loved him because of the way he played. Everybody welcome Larry Nance. Larry, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. You know, I be, we, we hate each other because we both competed. And yeah. anytime you compete, you you know, somebody competing hard against you, you ain't going to love them. That's for sure. And, uh, but that was good basketball. Hey, Larry, three-time NBA All-Star, uh, NBA All-Defensive First Team. I think they got that wrong, but you're still on the list. NBA Defensive First Team. You did block a lot. <laughs> uh, two-time NBA All-Defensive Second Team, NBA Slam Dunk uh, Champion in 84. We're going to talk about that in a second. Number 22, rep- re- retired by the Cavaliers. I don't even have my high school number retired, man. And second team, <laughs> <laughs> ACC. Larry Nance, how does it feel, Larry, that, um, and we'll get into this a little bit more, uh, how does it feel for your son to make more money than you did and you were the better player, I think? <laughs> well, at this point, it doesn't matter. I, um, you know, I, it's funny, I'm sitting in this nice truck right now, because I, I usually love to go in my truck where it's nice and quiet, but he bought me a new GMC truck, dude, so I can't complain right. about nothing that kid do. I mean, he he's... Um, I'm not sure who the better player is because he he's a little different than me. His 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 uh, defense and court awareness and the, the name of the way that he played the game is a little different. But uh, no jealousy here. I'm proud of him for sure. No, Larry, that's, I say that in jest and having fun. Uh, Larry, tell us about your early years growing up. Who are some of your well, role models? I grew up in. Huh? Who who are some of your role models as as an early player? Okay, I, I grew up in a little small town in Anderson, South Carolina, where we had just a big family of uncles and cousins, and all of them great athletes. And uh, my uncle Bobby turned out to be my kind of my favorite uncle because he always uh, played with me and always taught me stuff. I mean, that's how I learned how to block shots with my left hand because of him. But uh, as I got older, uh, Dr. J was my favorite man. I mean, that's who I was in my backyard all the time, Dr. J, as, as well as many other people. And, uh, you know, he was just my favorite guy. And that's why I tried to pattern my game after until, like you say, until we had to play against each other. And then we didn't get along too good because he was trying to take a win away from me. But uh, that, that's that's kind of my background in a fast uh, way. Larry, uh, uh, as you were going through basketball, and I tell people this all the time about me, basketball was a vehicle for me to uh, get an education. My family, I'm like you from a b- pretty big family. I, my family didn't have money to send me to college. So was basketball always the ends to the means for you, or was it something that you enjoyed? I mean, loved doing because you thought you were going to be good. Well, it's funny how you asked me that, and and making the NBA and going to college was never a goal of mine. Um, my dad was a mechanic. He worked on cars and my dad drove trucks. And I just assumed that's what I was going to do. But along with assuming that I love to play basketball and played all the time every day. And uh, I was just fortunate enough that I went to a trade school to be a mechanic. And uh, my coach from Clemson, just happened to see me because 
Anderson College, Anderson Junior College offered me a scholarship because they came and watched us play. And um, we scrimmaged Clemson and the coach just seen me and offered me a scholarship. And that's how I ended up at Clemson. It just, it wasn't like a whole lot of teams was recruiting me. I just loved the game with no purpose in mind other than just playing and loving it. And I ended up in the NBA somehow. And that's truly how it happened. It never was a goal of mine, neither one of them was. Well, you know what? You went to Clemson, had a great career. You guys finished in the Elite Eight. Uh, and then you become the first, the 20th pick in the first round to the Phoenix Suns. What was that like for you? It was just awesome. Again, you know, when my coach at Clemson told me, man, you got some agents called to ask about you. I'm like, dang, that's pretty neat. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I got invited to, I got, I got invited to Portsmouth. And that's when my name really jumped out there because I, I, got, I became MVP of the Portsmouth tournament. And then uh, then the NBA scouts began to know about me and then getting picked by Phoenix was just was just the best thing. And I had to get the map out to see what Phoenix was. And, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and um, went out there and played. But, you know, one thing I was going to do, I'm just like you, Coop. No matter where you put me, I'm going to compete. And I went to Phoenix and got better and competed. And, uh, yeah turn into a basketball player that just loved the game. So how do you go from being a guy that you don't know if you can play at the collegiate level or never aspired to, nor thought about the NBA? How do you go from that to actually having it happen? Well, the one thing is, is uh, my work ethic. I mean, you know, going against my cousins and my uncles, I was the tail end of that whole group of they beating the crap out of me. So they prepared me for anything I ran into. I mean, just, I just, I, I truly had great athletes in my family. And, uh, and then one thing that they always told me, if you're going to do something, you're going to do it a hundred percent and you're going to compete. And once I got a taste of the NBA and seen what I had to go against, um, one of the rules I always have, and I always tell my kids is you have to improve something every year, no matter how long you're in the, in, in the league and uh I just continue to do that and I continue to get stronger and better and uh you know had great coaches and great teammates and just had great surrounding cast around me now you know what uh like again it's kind of like going backwards but it fits to what you're saying right now three things that your family or the people that you that supported you three things that they would tell you because we have a lot of young listeners listening on here three things that they told yeah. you that you still use today and use as a father well, I always tell my kids, I always try to be a good person. I mean, my mom would beat the crap out of me if she knew I didn't anybody wrong. <laughs> and then, uh, and my uncles always told me, if you're going to play something, you're going to compete. And and you're going to give 100%. And, and those things, to this day, is when I'm proud about Larry Jr. That's one thing. When he's on the court, he's competing. It might, don't mean you're going to always have a good game, but you got to compete and um Again, be, like I say, be a good person and then and everything else to kind of take care of itself. Hey, Michael Cooper here. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS. 50 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. 
Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. You listen in to Showtime with Coop. Uh, we have Larry Lance in the house. Larry, we're at the point of the show where we have what I call Coop's Lightning Round. I'm going to give you five names, and you tell me as much or as little about those people, okay? Okay. All right. Okay, the first one, John McLeod. I love him. I mean, he was the first coach that uh, I had in the NBA, and, you know, he, he would tell me my weaknesses, and he always put me in great positions to be successful. And, uh, yeah, that, I love Coach McLeod. Alvin Adams. Alvin Adams, that's my favorite center. That's the one that put me on the map with the alley hoops. I, mean, I did some of that stuff in, uh, at Clemson. But Alvin, if I went back door, he was going to throw me the ball. I mean, he was a small center, but I love Alvin Adams. He was very good for, what he, for who he was. And you know what? I say this about I'm using these older players because kids today forget about these guys. Alvin Adams was a solid, solid player, man. No Undersized, but he got the most out of his size. Undersized, but those big centers hate guarding him because Adam always could run. He was always in shape, could run the floor, and he could knock down that jumper. So Alvin was very a good center. Uh, Cotton Fitzsimmons. No, I mean I didn't. Uh, you didn't. Was he a coach? Did you? Uh, no, Cotton didn't coach okay. me. So Cotton, okay, yeah, so I wasn't there. around Cotton much, but I know, you know I know who you're talking about. But yeah. he had not much to do with my career. He's a mean little motherfucker, but that's another story. Anyway, what uh, <laughs> Walter Davis? Oh boy, Walter Davis is one of the best people, dude, that nobody talk about. That I mean, Walt. I seen Walter Davis and uh, David Thompson score forty something apiece, and it's, it's a shame that Walter went through that whole little drug thing because Walter Davis was one of the best players in the NBA, man. And could, you know how he could play. He would, he could jump this high off the ground and shoot that jumper. And once he got hot, there's nothing, there's not much you could do. Nothing you could do, man. I mean, they had, what was his nickname? The Greyhound? Walter the Greyhound. Play, man. A lot of people don't, you know, they're missing the boat on that young man. They're uh, missing the boat big time on Walter. Mark Price. Mark Price. That's my point guard when I came here, which, um, He's one of my favorite people because of the way he play. Mark is not flashy, but he's very efficient. And when I talk to guards and, and when I talk to people about playing point guard, I tell them about Mark Price because whatever he's going to do, he don't jerk around, go between his legs a thousand times. He just one move and go do what he's got to do. And that's one of the best shooters I ever, ever uh, seen. Obviously he was a great free throw shooter and, uh, that's one of the guys I copied his free throws, and that's when I started shooting in the 80%. So, but uh, yeah, great teammate. Anytime we have conversation about guards, I always let everybody have who they want and say, I'll just take Mark Price and I'm good. Exactly. Uh, would you, I don't say compare him, but would he rival Steph Curry the way he could shoot the ball from the perimeter? Yeah, I mean, He'll be the closest one. How about yeah, that? Yeah. I, if, if, if anybody, if, if somebody say you got Steph Curry and you got to try to win, who are you going to get? I would pick Mark Price 100% of the time. Wow. How about Lenny Wilkins? No doubt in my mind. I mean, he'd give me the best, best, best chance of winning by picking him for sure. That's my, that's my point guard there. I'm going to add a name here. Lenny Wilkins. 
<laughs> that is the smartest, best coach I ever been around. I mean, Coach McLeod got my feet wet and was a great person, but Lenny just everybody needs to be coached by a Lenny Wilkins because we would call timeout and tell you what to do or draw up a play. You're always going to get up a good shot. And he never showed, never at no point showed stress during the game. He was always calm. He always expect the best out of you. And, and he would just tell you, you know, this is what I expect of you. If you're not going to do it, then you're just not going to play. And he, no reason to yell at you or do anything like that. Just, just one smart man and also was a great basketball player too. But that's, that is the smartest, most fun I ever had being around a coach because of uh, his knowledge. Knowledge is second to none. You look, we have Larry Nance in the house here on Showtime with Coop. Uh, Larry, I'm going to say this. In 1984, and I, as I read out your accolade, you won the NBA Slam Dunk Contest. And I believe it was in Denver, right? Yep. We were in Denver. Okay. Larry, I want yep. you to know, as I was preparing for that, because I was in that slam dunk contest with you, <laughs> along with Dr. J, listen, and David Thompson, <laughs> to name a few. Wow. That's, uh, a, that's a legendary group right there. But all right, this is the thing. I had looked at everybody. I knew Doc was going to do what Doc did. I knew David was going to do it, but I was, the only one I was a little concerned about was Larry Nance, you know, because I knew Larry was long and he could jump. Larry is responsible. Larry Nance is responsible for me missing all my dunks in the dunk contest. <laughs> What's that? Because I was trying to do things that I really couldn't do, but I knew Larry was going to come with something spectacular. So, Larry, I want you to own up to that. What was your thoughts about the 84 dunk contest? <laughs> but, Coop, you know, it's funny. I, I mean, I know you're not going to let me out the phone. I know you're not going to let me out this Zoom without talking about when you thought you blocked my shot. But anyway, it's funny. You, uh, they asked you before the contest who you thought was going to win, and you picked me. I, yeah. I, want, I want to ask you about that because you, out of all those people that was in it, you picked me, and I'm like, cool, pick me? I'm like, well, shit, I got to win. Well, <laughs> I mean, but... Uh, <laughs> You know what, Larry, the thing about, I knew Doc was up in age now. He was kind of toward the end. So Doc was going still a high flyer, though. David was kind of like up in age, too. So I said, okay, the the one that probably is going to be more creative, more artistic with his dunks is going to be Larry. And I mean, the one that impressed me was that, well, you did, you dunked two balls at once. That was uh, it. Uh, exciting, but the one where you kind of like cradled it and went by the basket and reached back and dunked, those are the dunks, and I tried that and I missed mine, but I, that <laughs> that right there is what would, would uh, uh, impress me, and that was the thing I was scared about as we got, pull up your slam dunk right here. That was some fun times, man, 84. Man, that was some fun times, but you know, it, it, the, the, I'm always about winning, and everything and that but i i just wish if i could do that over i, I kind of this would be the first time i admit that i wouldn't mind losing i think doc should have won because he just it was just set up perfect for him to win that slam gun contest and it makes history really good if he wins but knowing me i have to get out there and try to do my thing too and uh i actually wanted to buy uh 67 camaro that I had seen in Phoenix. So that's why I needed the money because I wanted to buy this car. You know how much I love cars. So, but, uh, you know, to this day, it, it would have been cool if Doc won, but I'm going to always compete and do my best just like you are. You know that. 
Man, I think Doc, that was the key word there is you competed. And when you compete, you're going to do good things. Go ahead, Ari. Did Doc say anything to you throughout that competition that you remember? No, not much. He congratulated me when I won. But I think he he ended up missing a dunk, though. And I think if he didn't miss, he probably would have won because I didn't miss any. And then after Doc missed that one, I did a really simple dunk and just to get more points than him. But if he just – if he didn't miss that dunk, I'm pretty sure he would have won it. And uh, wow. we've talked a little bit since then, and he's he's still my favorite basketball player uh, what? I've, I've, I've had. Why do you think the dunk contest now isn't close to what it was back in the 80s and 90s? Um, well, it, it, how many dunks can you do? I mean, right. you know, it, it, from year to year, it's only a certain amount of stuff you can do. But, uh, I mean, we had some nice athletes back then. I mean, I mean, it, there, there's athletes everywhere now. I think it's more athletes now, but I think our prime athletes back then was a little bit better. And, yeah. uh, wow. So... Well, Larry, you talk about making what I just would love to have made a dunk, but I didn't. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. You've got Larry Lance in the house. Larry, come on. Every dunk coop, everyone. <laughs> every dunk. Hey, hey, just go coop. for like a regular, just like I tried. I was too hyped. Hey, Coop's there to have fun and talk shit. He go he, but uh yeah, that's 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 him though. That anyway. Uh Larry, your thoughts on the NBA today. 100%. <clears throat> um I'm not a fan of analytics. I'm not a fan of a lot of three-pointers. So I'm hoping, obviously, I can shoot them. So therefore, I would be on the bench now if I was playing. But I'm hoping that some team have some success with some more bigs, like the Cavaliers right now. They got they got three bigs, and their um, Jared Allen is out, so they're they're losing some losing. They start losing some games, but that's a really good team that's coming back toward the bigs. And I'm hoping some team have success with them because I would like to see a lot more of that come back toward the game instead of everybody just standing around that three-point line shooting threes. Hey, and you know what, Larry, the Lakers, when they won their championship, even though it was in the bubble, they had JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, and Anthony Davis. And that was the key to winning. So I'm with you about that. I think the, the, the big man game is lost because when we played, it was inside out. And now it's outside, outside, and maybe a little bit of inside. Right. Right. That's how it was. I mean, you guys had that wonderful, my, well, that beautiful shot that Kareem used to shoot, that sky hook. You go inside first, you make them double team, and then you throw it out, and then they shoot a wide open threes. That's the way I like to play. That's when I was here, we did that with Brad Doherty. We would post Brad up. Inside, double team, out. And then we did me like that some. And, and to me, that's good basketball. And I'm not sure. I I don't know where the analytics came in and messed that whole thing up. But I'm not sure because the threes, they're scoring at the end of the day. I'm not sure they're scoring more points than we did. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not sure because they're shooting more threes that it ends up being more points. All right, what rule in so the league? That's something we could look up. What rule would you change in the league if you could have the powers to do that? Um, well, one thing I can't stand is when these guys pump fake and then the guy get get the guy in the air and then they could jump into him and throw the ball up and they yeah. get a foul. So that right there really bothers me a lot. And um, other than that, that's probably that the only one. Okay. That's the one that bothered me the most is when they when they do that. 
Larry, you have a granddaughter. Congratulations, man. Ooh. What what do they call you? They call you Pop. What's your what's your grandpa's name? So I don't have one yet because her, her first year is going to be April 19th. Uh-huh. But uh I tell her and 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 I'm on your show, I'm gonna tell you the truth of everything. I tell her to call me black grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's what I told her that she's going to call me. So she uh, she don't know that yet, but uh, we'll see if I can pull that off. <laughs> no, it's going to be something like uh, Papa or Popo or some, something kind of childish like that that you're going to love. Whatever she calls you, you're going to love. Larry, yeah, what, what, what do you got? Whatever she calls me, I'm going to love. I think that baby, I man, I'm so happy to have that, have that baby. I told Larry, though, I told my other kids, if we'd have had that grandbaby first, we never would have had them. <laughs> <laughs> but Larry, what do you have going on in your life now, now, right now? Anything you want to talk about? Um, well, just my grandbaby watching my kids. I have uh, Pete, my son, my, my youngest son is a uh, senior at Northwestern this year. He had a decent year. They didn't make the, make the tournament, but uh, he's coming out. He's the tallest one of all of us. And uh, he's a little wow. different from me and Larry, where he's 6'11". And he's has, well, I don't even want to use the word, but I mean, yeah, I'm going, he's nowhere near magic, but he can handle the ball and, and see, but, uh, and, and, and he's a little different from me and Larry, the way he can shoot, handle, dribble and, uh, really shoot. So it's going to be interesting to see what the NBA think of him. And I think, hopefully he will have a good little chance of making it to some team. Wow. Uh, my son, Larry, and I hear what you're saying. My youngest is 6'5", and at Crossroads, he is such a better ball handler than I <laughs> And And, and no, seriously, being able to get to the basket. Those I was just a fundamental sound player, just get the ball to the court. This kid can play, so I, I, I hear what you're saying. So, Larry, listen. It's so much of, fun, Coop. I don't want to cut you off, but isn't it so much fun watching your kids? It is. I mean, nothing make you, nothing make you prouder than when – they don't always have to have a good game, but when they do, it just, I have more fun watching my kids practice than I did when I played. It's just nothing better than watching your kids do something good. And Larry, you know what? There's no pressure on me. You know how some parents live through their kids and they got to do I sit and I actually enjoy watching them. So I, I really hear what do you're you, saying. Do you guys see parents making mistakes in that regard? Like I have, I have two young boys, so, you know, they're just getting started in sports. But do you see parents making mistakes like that with their kids, like living, trying to live through them or whatever, their, relive their glory days in sports? I think I do. I see parents like, you know, they, they put their kid on a team and they think their kids should maybe get all the shots and get all the glory position. I, I used to tell Larry, it's like, dude, if you're not getting shots, they're not making them all go get it off the glass. I mean, you know I mean, I can't. It, there, there's still always something you can do on the court. And, uh, but yeah, so, so parents do live through their kids, but they, and they want stuff to be set up for their kids. And, um, I'm not sure I'm quite that way. No, I just want them to compete and then good things will happen. And just have fun. Okay. Listen, you listen to Showtime with Coop. We have Larry Nance and Larry, you kind of said it before, and I'm not going to let you get off the show without it. All right. You want to pull up this clip and let's talk about it. <laughs> oh, you got don't feel. All right. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't see it. Cool. Okay. 
Oh man, I loaded up too. That ball had to slip <laughs> out of my hand. Larry. That's what it was, Coop. It slipped. Listen, Larry, I love you, man. I want to tell you both congratulations to you, man. Grandpa, I'm not a grandfather yet. I ask my kids, please don't make me that because I'm enjoying my, my life now. I chase my wife yeah. around the family when my son is gone, so I'm doing those kind of things. But uh, Larry, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Really, really appreciate it. And you're right, it did roll down your wrist after I blocked it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's uh, hey. I don't know. I'm gonna make like I didn't hear that because the coop I know would never admit that, dude. We always have a bond between us on that on that slam dunk. So I'm gonna pretend like I didn't hear you say it roll down my hand. So we can always have this little fight between us. That's that's the only way it's gonna ever be. Larry, I love you, man. Have a wonderful day, brother. Take care, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I'm glad you got a show, and I hope you have do really good. So thanks, Larry. All right, you guys, thank you for having me. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Thanks, Larry. All right, bye-bye. <laughs>